to acknowledge uh, A.J. Gorby is home from basic training. He's a graduate. Yes. 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 That was you. <laughs> he, he didn't even know I was, he, he, he didn't even know I was announcing him. Love you too. Love you too. He's home for a couple weeks uh, until uh, they're going to pick up and we'll make sure we have prayer for you before you guys head to Texas or wherever it is you're going. So he may be, actually may be called up, so I don't know, we'll see what happens with, uh, with uh, AJ, but we're so excited for you, uh, I'm so excited to see you. Uh, I had such a privilege of baptizing him right before he, he headed off for the service, and the uh, Lord's done doing a work in this young man, and we're so, so happy that we get to be part of it. So this message today is called Behold He Comes, and this is going to be a two-part series between uh, this week and next week. Uh, and uh, I'm going to share a couple of scriptures, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about how this word came about. And uh, this is um, a little bit of uh, uncomfortable territory for me, uh, um, but that's Okay. We'll, uh, we'll explore together. We will, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go where he's leading us. So Behold, He Comes is the, is the title. And uh, we all know that he's coming back. You know, if, if, it, it, we all know that he's coming back. And that's, a, that's something we're, we're aware of uh, and we're, we're anticipating. Uh, but the question becomes, how are we anticipating that? What's that this, what does that anticipation look like? Um, and, uh, and, and I'll explain that a little bit as I get into it. Uh, so we, we read in Revelation 1-7, look, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. Think about that for a minute. Even those who pierced him are going to see him. And all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him, so shall it be, amen. So he's coming in the clouds. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Uh, and I'm gonna, throughout this, these two weeks, I'm going to probably ask two questions, and uh, one question, and I'll explain this again a little bit later, is are you yearning for him, and are you ready for him? And maybe those two questions coincide. I'm not sure. I, I'm still exploring what that looks like and what that might mean, but he's coming. He's coming. So we, we can know that. And so in Matthew 24, we read these words, but about that day or hour, no one knows. We don't know when that's going to be. That's, that's, that's a given. If you've read your word at all, you know that. We, don't, we, we, we know that we know that we don't know when that is, but it's coming. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be. Listen to this. That's how it will be. That's how it will be. Now understand, this is a finality type thing to life as we know it. There's not going to be another ark to get into and then go back to life. But that's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken. The other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. Therefore, keep watch. Just pause there for a minute. What's your keeping watch look like? What's that look like for you? Because you do not know what day the Lord will come. 
Understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Then the psalmist says this, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope, my soul waits for the Lord more than a watchman for the morning, more than a watchman for the morning. Now, so... I've read this verse many, many times, and uh, recently in the Men of Hour uh, class, the Wednesday night Men of Hour class, Scott Baldwin uh, brought uh, to our attention a, a, a podcast, a writer. Uh, we've listened to this man before. His name is Greg Morse, uh, and he writes for an organization called Desiring God, and he brought this message, uh, this podcast this one night. We listened to it, and uh, and it challenged me. This passage was in, was in, his, uh, was in his, uh, his message. And, uh, and so as I was reading this verse that night and many times since then, uh, it stirred in me and it stirred in me. Uh, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits for the Lord. In his word, I hope, my soul waits, my soul waits, my soul waits. More than a watchman for the morning, more than a watchman for the morning. And, you know, if you think about just what a, what a watchman, a night watchman is doing, you know, he's kind of waiting for a shift to be over, <laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, you know and, and wanting it to be, a, you know, a smooth night and, you know, and he gets to go home and he doesn't have to, you know, be at his watch anymore. But there's an urgent, kind of an urgency yeah, and there's an urgency to, to what the psalmist is writing. My soul waits. My soul waits. There's something urgent about that. And, uh, and so we're, I'm going to look at a few more verses that relate to sort of this idea of, of, uh, of waiting. And uh, Hebrews, we read this, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. He will appear a second time not to bear sin, not to bear sin. So if you're, if you're waiting for that second arrival to, for him to forgive you of your sins, don't, don't delay. A- ask for that today. If, you have, if you've not asked him to forgive your sins, do that today. Don't delay. Because when he comes the next time, it won't be for that purpose. It'll be to bring that salvation, that finality to those who are waiting for him. To those who are waiting for him. Are you waiting for him? Are you waiting for him? What's your waiting look like? What's your waiting look like? And then in Titus, we read these words, for the grace of God has has appeared that offers salvation to all people. I I say that part again, because there may be somebody in here that has not received the grace of God, does not understand what that's about. Has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Yes, we can do that. You know that's possible in 2023 to live controlled, upright, and godly lives? It is. Not by ourselves. Not in our own strength. Not by our own means. But by the provision he gives to us. While we wait, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, while we wait, while we wait, he's doing this work, while we wait, are you waiting? What's your waiting look like? What's your waiting look like? So in this podcast, uh, Greg Morse uh, brings these words to our attention. He says this, and this, this, is where the, this is where the challenge 
uh, in my own life began with this message and with this word. We have his laws, we have his book, we have his name, we have his people, we have his songs, his ordinances, but not him as he intended it to be. Have we really noticed? Have his good gifts become enough for us? Are you and I really waiting for him to return? Let that just sink in a little bit. Ask yourself, am I really waiting for him to return? The final picture recorded in Scripture shows the church in a posture of yearning. Her best hopes and expectations find summary in one word, and this is in Revelation, and the word is come. Come. And as I, that, that night in class, I kept asking the question, what does this look like in the practical? I want to know, I want to know. And I'm standing here today saying, I still don't know. I still don't know. What is, what is yearning for the return of Jesus? Now, I yearn for Jesus every single day. I mean, I yearn, I yearn for him in my life every single day. There's one thing to yearn for him in my life and to know that I need him and to know that, that I depend on him and that I love his presence and I love, I love everything about serving him. But there's a difference between that and yearning for him to return. And I had, I had to acknowledge that I don't, think I, I don't think I yearn for that. I'm the pastor of this church, and I don't think that I yearn for his return. And, 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 I, and I, don't, I don't know, because I don't know what, I want to know what that looks like. What does yearning for his return look like? I yearn for him every day in my life. But I don't think it's the same thing. I think I'm missing something. And I think we're missing something about yearning for his return. He says he's coming in the clouds. And honestly, I, I mean, I wrote down here, when's the last time you looked at the clouds and said, Lord, are you coming today in those clouds? And since I've been working on this lesson, I've kind of been doing that. I've kind of been doing that. But I think I'm doing it because I'm doing this lesson. Not be, I don't know that the yearning for that is what it's supposed to be. And it bothers me. I'm ready for him to return. I'm, I'm not talking about my own readiness. I'm ready for that. He could take me right now and I'm ready to go. But what does it look like practically to yearn in the course of everyday life? Obviously, we still have to go, I still have to go about doing life. I still have to go about, you know, taking care of things and living life and having fun and all that. It's all okay. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But what in the middle of that, what does yearning for him look like? In Revelation, so it references this, this invitation about coming. Revelation twenty two seventeen. the spirit and the bride say, come, and the, let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty, come. Look, I'm coming soon. Look, I'm coming soon. Two, two different versions in, in Revelation. Yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. And as I read those, and again, I'm challenged by this, this, this man in this podcast, when's the last time any of us said, come, Lord Jesus? Come, Lord Jesus. And maybe some of you are, have, have more understanding of this than I do, and if you do, please share it with me. How, how did you get there? What does it look like in the course of your everyday life? Is there something that I'm, that I'm missing? Is there something we're missing in terms of this yearning for his return? Not just yearning, for, I, again, 
We, we experience his presence and we yearn for his presence. I understand that. We, we did that this morning. We, 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 welcomed him. we welcomed him and we do so over and over again. And we love when his presence just is, is, is poured out upon us. But I'm not talking about that. I mean, I think that's all relevant. I, think it's all, I, think it's, I don't think it's an accident that his outpouring of his presence seems to be increasing and increasing and increasing. And I believe that this whole idea of what's even emerging in, in myself is part of what he's doing in this day. But I want to know more about what, what it's, if, if I'm missing something about what it's supposed to look like. He exclaims, this is right from the podcast, he exclaims that he is not just coming, but he's coming quickly. He's coming quickly. This little adverb, quickly, quickly, that's the adverb, moves his return from inevitable to imminent. See, I, I'm convinced that I live that it's inevitable. I know he's coming back but I'm not sure I live that it's imminent. And I don't know why. And I don't know what that looks like. And I don't like that. <laughs> this little adverb moves his return from inevitable to imminent from someday to any day. There's a distinction there. There's a distinction between the someday and the any day. Because the any day could be today. There's nothing preventing it. And so I ask the question again. My question, what does yearning for the return of Jesus look like? What does it look like to live for the imminent return of Jesus compared to his inevitable return? I mean, living for his inevitable return is a good thing too. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm not taking anything away from, from the value of, hey, I know he's coming back and I'm confident of that. I'm, and we'll get more into the readiness part next week. But, uh, but I, 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 want, I want us to explore this together and I want you guys to be exploring this with me and ask, ask him. And maybe some of you already have answers. Let me know. Second Timothy Four, six to eight. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, Paul says to Timothy. Time for my departure is near. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. Hmm. What's your longing for his appearing look like? What? I'm convinced that part of it is, is living in the moments of his outpouring in ways that maybe freak us out some. We had, we had a gathering here Friday night, the remnant and the, and the, and the bridge group came together and, and it, was a, it was a worship and foot washing night. And I stand here <laughs> telling you my experience with foot washing gatherings makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Feet, it's a pretty personal 
<laughs> but I want to tell you that we went. And there's just something about what the Lord is doing in our midst that there was transformation. There was transformation took place. And I, and I connect that with this because whatever the, all the Lord is doing in our gatherings, it is not just status quo stuff. It never has been around here. Anybody been here knows that. But we're, we are living in the last days. And I, and, I, and I used to ask the question, well, I know, but what's different about today than it was like, because you know, we've been, obviously we've heard this for years, you know, this, you know, we hear, you know we, we, we've talked about this, the scriptures have been there for a long time saying this. But don't you sense, don't you sense, don't you, yep, we all have eyes to see, we know what's happening in the world and our culture, we'll talk a little bit more about that probably next week in terms of how the scripture says things will wax worse and worse. Well, that's happening. That's not. That's you don't. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to understand that that's true. So when we have a gathering last night or Friday night, where it was just such an intimate time in the presence of Jesus, and I can't even begin to explain all that went on. But the reason I bring it up is because some of this stuff that he is unfolding before us is going to make us uncomfortable at times. And that made me a little uncomfortable until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. And I think there's something about that that's tied to this idea of longing for him. We talked a lot. There was, there was a, at least I know it, in the times people I got to pray with and feet I got to wash and people wash my feet. Part of that whole idea is, you know, we live in this world that is very dark. We live in this world that is very confused and in and, and so, so many ways lost. And part of what we prayed for and part of what we, we experienced and talked about a little bit was in the course of, of a day, residue can get on our feet. Not just our feet, but this was about foot washing, so that was the focus. But residue from this world, from the weights of this world and the confusion of this world and the darkness of this world and the chaos of this world can land on us, and we don't sometimes even know it. And so part of the experience Friday night was letting that be washed away. And Pastor Mark shared a verse about how the Lord brings refreshment, refreshment. And I believe part of what, part of what this whole idea of Behold, he comes is to have us be living in that sense of re refreshment day by day by day by day by day by day and not being afraid to go into those arenas of, his, of ministry, those arenas of, of, of sharing his word and, his, and letting his Holy Spirit work in ways that can freak us out at times. Not being afraid of that because It's all preparation for that finality. Are you longing for his appearing? What does it look like for you? What is, or, or am I just, 
living for him every day, which is, that's great. I don't want to take anything away from the reality of living for him every day. But are we living for his return every day? So I read that passage in Timothy at the very beginning of that chapter. Here's what, here's what Paul says. In the presence of God and, Christ, and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season, out of season, correct, rebuke, encourage, with great patience and careful instruction. And there's a lot more instruction that follows that. But I love, this was revelatory to me when I read this passage, uh, because he says, in view of his appearing and his kingdom, Paul saw it. And then he gave these instructions but it's, it, it's because he saw, he was living all those years ago in view of his appearing in his kingdom. He was living even back then with that sense of urgency and with that yearning. And then he gives some real practical stuff. Read, the whole, read that whole chapter if you get a chance. Second chapter, of, uh, fourth chapter of 2 Timothy. I'm still doing that because I believe there's clues. There's clues there. There's clues there about how Paul was living in view of the appearing of Jesus. He was living that out. Romans, we read these words. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. I don't know how often I groan inwardly. What's that look like? So the pod, in the podcast, we read these words. It is not enough for our faith to know simply that Jesus is coming back. It is not enough for our faith to know simply that Jesus is coming back. Eventually, works drowsiness and mischief in our hearts. Think about that for a minute. Eventually, the word eventually, it's coming eventually, but the writer is suggesting that that works drowsiness and mischief in our hearts because eh, it's probably not today. No, no, I know. I mean, you, you, Julie just told me to be careful. I'm, I'm using that as a rhetorical statement. But, but yeah, but no, I get it. Are, are we being careful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unintentionally, we banish him to the ever tomorrow, the distant never. We no longer expect him anytime soon, so we drop anchor and make do. This is all from that night at Men of Valor. Thank you, Scott. Oh, he's not even in here. Jesus would have us waiting, expectant peeking again and again at the clouds with childlike anticipation, quickly sends us to live atop the watchtower, squints for his appearance upon the horizon, 
He wants us talking about his return, hoping in his return, praying for his return. He expects us to trim our lamps, prepare the house, ready the master's favorite meal. He's coming back soon. And again, that landed on me that night, landed on me because I don't live that way. Even though I live for Jesus, I'm the senior pastor here. I should be living that way, I think. I read those words, we banish him to the ever tomorrow. And I was like, yep, I've done that. I've done that. Even though I love his presence every single day. I love bowing down to him. I love worship. I love ministry. I love, I love caring for those guys from the railroads. I love that we get to do that. I love the Lord opened that door for us to love on, on Dale, Bob, and, and uh, Randall. I love that. I love that. This building has been inundated with strangers. The Lord gave us a word that he meant and said, invite the stranger and our building has been inundated with strangers for two and a half months. I love all of that. I love everything we get to do for the kingdom. But I still live with an event. He's eventually coming back. And even though I'm... My, my, my mind is saying, look at the clouds and ask the question. But I'm not sure the internal me has caught up with the practical me that says, yes, okay, Lord, are you coming today? In, a, in an urgent kind of way. And I don't like it. I want to be right where he wants me to be with that. And I want to I have a greater grasp, a better grasp of what this all is supposed to look like. Second Peter, chapter 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? I don't know if I've ever said that. I've always believed he's coming. I don't know that I've scoffed at the idea that it hasn't happened yet. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Now, I think that, again, you don't have to be a scholar to understand that there's changes taking place. We'll look at some of the specifics of that next week. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. But the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. 
And this, and this is probably the part of the, the part they, where, where, where it gets, gets uh, difficult to understand, again, what this looks like in, in, the, in the practical because we live 24 hours at a time. We, we live by such a time frame and the constraints of that. And so the anticipation and what that's supposed to look like, maybe part of that will just always be a mystery, but I still think there's more. Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And I believe right there, right there, lies our mission. That lot, that our mission's right there. If you're in this room today and haven't received Jesus, His, his will is for everyone, everyone to come to repentance. Everyone. Man, I see somebody back there I hadn't seen yet. <laughs> Yay. Ah. He's coming back. And we've said that, and I've said that, and, and I know that. Are you yearning for it? Are you yearning for it? Are you looking for it? Are you longing for it? Does your soul wait? Does your soul wait? Does your soul wait for that? Yes, I wait on the Lord every day, but is it, am I waiting? Is it today, Lord? And if it's today, what's, my, what's the mandate on me? If it's today, what's the mandate on me? And I think, I think there's a connection between answering that question. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a link between the yearning and how I live every day. Because I want everybody, not only everybody I know, to receive him, but even people I don't know. When I introduced this, invite the stranger word to us this year, I said, that stranger may not be somebody you've never met. Maybe it's somebody you disagree with. Maybe it's somebody that you can't have a conversation with because you have different political views. You have different perspectives about this issue or that issue or the other. And I believe that living with a behold he comes mindset of urgency versus one is it's coming someday. Has a distinction in how we live our life every day, even when we're living life for Jesus. And I believe, for the most part, I mean, I know many of you in this room, and I know you live for Jesus, and I'm not taking anything away from that in any way. That's valuable and it's important, and I'm not, and I'm not, uh, 
saying any of that is bad or wrong or unproductive. It's all productive. I'm, you, you guys know, if you know me, you know how, how, how I love this body and I love what we get to do for the kingdom. But if he's taken us somewhere, he's taken us somewhere. I don't, I don't believe this is just something for me to explore. And I don't believe it's something just for me to examine. So I'm asking you, get in your prayer closet this week. I want to hear revelation about this. I want to hear understanding about this in ways that I don't yet have. And I know that's probably a really vulnerable place to kind of put out there because we're supposed to know it all, you know. But you all know that I know that I don't. (laughs) Are you yearning for his return? He didn't want Paul to be the only one that had that view, and I'm sure he's not. It's for us. It's for us. It's for us. Let's go back to this. In view of his appearing, in view of his appearing, in view of his appearing. That was a lot of years ago when those words were written, but yet Paul saw it. Paul lived, oh gosh, even though I'm saying it, I'm getting revelation of, and what did Paul go through? Yikes. Yikes. So Paul lived with that kind of understanding, that kind of revelation. And it wasn't an easy road. It wasn't an easy road. So right here in the middle of all this, we get revelation. (laughs) That part of this is not going to be an easy road. I guess that's not an entirely new revelation, but in the context of this lesson, it is. The question then is, am I going to yearn anyway? What if it's hard? What if it's painful? What if it requires something of me that I don't feel equipped to do? Yes, it will be. All of that. All of the above. And yet he's a good, good father who will give us everything we need, just as he did Paul. Just as he did those who went before us.
We're going to look at those verses, that very last passage from 2 Peter. We'll look at that again next week, and it'll be kind of the introduction to next week's uh, part of this series. But I want you to dig in this week. I want to challenge you. Dig in in your own, in your own time. Get a notebook. Write down questions, write down thoughts, write down, what does the second coming of Jesus mean to me? And I, and I don't mean that just in that, oh gosh, I'll be done with this life. Thank you, Jesus. No. That's easy. <laughs> that's easy. And, and, but I will say, that's only if you have a relationship with Jesus. It's only if you have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't, do that today. Do that. Don't wait. Don't delay. Don't delay. Let's stand. I was talking. Uh, I was talking in the lobby this week about this a little bit to Cat and Marilyn, and Cat said that uh, she told me a story about when she was little. Uh, that her dad used to talk about this all the time: the Lord's coming back, Lord's coming back, Lord's coming back, and and she'd say, "But, but, Dad, I haven't grown up yet. <laughs> dad, I haven't grown up yet. I wanna, I wanna live my life, you know. I haven't, I haven't done this yet. I don't want him to, I don't want him to come back yet." <laughs> because I haven't been able to experience some things. And, you know, there could be an absolute tendency for us to do that. There's this I want to do, and this I want to do, and that I want to do. And, and there, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with those kind of natural, innocent thoughts. I think when it becomes a problem is when we have to do that before that. Well, we have to do that before we even begin to allow ourselves to yearn. Let's pray. Lord, I submit to you that I don't, I don't understand all of this. I know you're coming. And I know you want every one of us to be ready for that. And I, I'm ready for that in terms of my relationship with you. But I pray for myself and for all of us that you will bring a revelation of what a daily, moment-by-moment yearning for your return looks like.
whatever, whatever you're requiring of us, make it plain. And I know you're not complicated, so if I'm overcomplicating it, I know you'll show me that too. My prayer right now in this room today is that every one of us is ready. Because if you happen to return today, I want every one of us to be ready to go with you. I want every one of us to have repented of sin because we've all been there. We've all fallen short. We've all got stuff. And you're not slow. You're not patient. You're not impatient with us. You're not... We have a high priest who's able to empathize with all of our shortcomings, all of our sins, all of our weaknesses. His name is Jesus, and we're so grateful that you sent him. I pray all around this room that you will minister to minds, to hearts, to bodies. I pray this week as we perhaps dig in, dig into some of these scriptures and that you'll bring revelation, that you'll bring understanding, that you'll bring new depth to how we live this out. Your word tells us to live up to what we have already attained. And Lord, I know you're taking us deeper all the time. You're always taking us deeper. You're never, you're never, it's never, it's never enough for status quo. You're always growing us. You're always molding us and shaping us and refining us. So I pray for some of that refining work to go on. And, and even as I pray and I understand that some of it may be painful. But I'm thankful that even if that's the case, that the confidence we have in you because you're a good, good God, you're a good, good Father, is that you'll see us through. You'll carry us. You'll provide all that we need because you've already proven that you do that. I pray today for all of us that we'll just lay down whatever we have to lay down. That we'll put aside, throw off, let loose of whatever holds us back. Whatever keeps us from that next step toward you. We thank you that you're a God who breaks chains thankful that you sent a savior who frees the captive and we thank you that you're raising up a people to be messengers 
of the hope that we have. So I pray as we go out of here today, you will send us out with a message of hope, with a message of encouragement, with a message undergirded by your amazing love, by your amazing grace, by your amazing patience, and by your amazing power. Pray this all in Jesus' name.